This is Secrets to Win Big, your roadmap to sustained growth. Brought to you by Arjun Sen, founder and CEO of Zen Mango, top brand growth driver and a former Fortune 500 executive who has been called one of the most marketing intelligent minds in the business. Find him at zenmango.com. And now, here's your host, Arjun Sen. Welcome to Secrets to Win Big with Arjun Sen. Hi. Today, this one conversation I have been planning and waiting for a long time. Andrew Robbins has been an amazing friend and an inspiration. Just to go a little bit in Andrew's background, Andrew is a rocket scientist turned business visionary. He's the co-founder and CEO of Patronic Systems, a customer experience platform for restaurants and convenience stores. Over the past 20 plus years, Andrew and his team have made big impact for brands worldwide in customer experience technology and loyalty programs, designing solutions that are tailored and relevant to each individual customer. He is one of the most respected thought leaders at the intersection of loyalty, CRM, order and delivery, and AI. Andrew is a graduate of Princeton University, MIT, and Harvard Business School. But more importantly, anytime I ask anyone in the industry who knows Andrew, the words people talk about is brilliant mind, great leader, but the coolest friend to have around. Andrew, welcome to Secrets to Win Big. Well, thanks for having me, Arjun. And uh, if, if people could see me, they'd see me blushing. So that was uh, uh, too nice of an intro. Absolutely, you earned it. So Andrew, let's talk about this incredible, fascinating journey you have. First and foremost, very, des very deserved successful success in both academics and business. What is the one thing you're most proud of in this journey? Yeah, I, I mean, generally, uh, a lot of things come back to team and, and people and joint success um, at the company. And, um, and, you know, and I, I think um, if I went back probably 10 years um, when, we, when we launched Panera Bread uh, and their loyalty program, and that, that was um, the kind of the complexity of that, the shape and scale of that was so hard that it was a whole company effort. You know, everybody in the company helped uh, figure things out, test things, set things up, because no one had done. A, a loyalty program that was one-to-one, -one, you know, where every single person was treated with a, um, a, a different loyalty program, a different uh, cadence of rewards, messaging and, and everything else. And, uh, and, and so it was so hard, it was all of us. And when you share victory with others, um, you know, and I know you, you, you found that too, Arjun, it's just so much sweeter. And, you know, the moment you talked about no one has done that before, it reminds me of a leader that both of us know and love and respect, Blaine Hurst. During my time working with Blaine, he would always tell me, instead of complaining about the hurdles being higher, be excited that you would be the first to cross that hurdle and that will make you stronger. 
So on this Panera example, of course, this was a very unique, bigger challenge. So Andrew, as a team, as you guys overcome, overcame this, this one that no one has done before, how did that change the culture and the confidence of the team? Yeah, I mean, it, it really uh, changed things. Before then, you, you would get asked questions. Um, and, and we're a very, you know the culture here, but maybe everybody listening does not, but we're, you know, we hire bright, curious, empathetic people. And one of the things about bright, curious, and empathetic people is that they're, they're really thoughtful in a question and, um, and they wanna make sure they're honest with the answer. And so if someone says, are you sure you can handle our volume? Are you sure you're big enough, right? Um, people would, would take a pause and go, are we, right? Because that's the, the kind of the, uh, the makeup of the people. And, and so questions like that um, suddenly disappeared because if you can do something for a public company and, and because they were public, they announced that it, kind of the beauty of it is the analysts weren't sure it was making the money. So Ron Shake every quarter had to just talk about the program, how many millions, you know, there are 29 million people in the program um, and it's earning us, you know, uh, uh, 4% extra in total sales chain-wide because we're running it. When he says those words, mm -hmm. um, it's amazing. It takes away all doubt. It takes away any doubt. Are you, are you scalable enough, secure enough, right? With people's data, um, complex enough, sophisticated enough. And it, and it just uh, disappeared. And, and, you know, people were walking around with huge pride that were associated with that. And, and everybody, like I, like I said, when we got ready to go, everybody was involved in testing to make sure the program worked and they could talk about it and show it to people. I mean, we have, we do things where someone can don't download the Panera app and show their parents, right? And how exciting is that? I'm just out of college uh, and, I, and I get a software job at Patronix or a customer service job launching and you go, we did this. Hey mom, we did this. And uh, that kind of bragging that someone can touch and feel and use is, a, is, is wonderful to, um, to help grow culture. And I think there are two aspects of this. It really hits home. One is, you know, every individual taking part in it, feeling how his or her fingerprints impacted this and taking pride to share. The second is, you know, part of me was freaking out by thinking that, wow, Panera putting your scorecard literally publicly on Times Square, like that's how big this is, which means every success will be broadcast and every failure will be broadcast too. And I'm so glad that with the process, everything you guys did so hugely successful. And I really think that is such a fascinating way to look at it is how the numbers, everything in the big opportunity was put in front of the whole world. So I want to take a step beyond is, as you talked about, this is a journey no one had done before, which means when the project came in, everybody must be looking at you and the core team by saying, what's the vision? How do we get vision clarity? So what's the success to get the team excited about the vision that we can do what others have not? Yeah, so, you know, when, when we first started um, the company, the, the vision was around being at 
the intersection of uh, loyalty, convenience, and payment. Mm -hmm. And if you could be at that intersection, because at, at uh, payment, people identify who they were. And if you could make life a little bit more convenient, someone would opt in to giving you their email address or you know downloading an app or something like that. Um, and then from that, we could generate loyalty. Loyalty in, in their behavior. And what was good for the consumer, they always vote. If you take care of the consumer, they always vote by just coming back and visiting more frequently and spending money with you. And so that was the vision. And um, the, uh, you know, we bootstrapped the company. And as you know, for starting uh, Zen Mango, you're, you have to have tight focus, right? You're constrained by cash. And, and where do I put the next body? And so that gave us the discipline to say no to things and yes to other things. Um, and, and certainly uh, part of the Panera was gonna be saying no to a whole bunch of other people, right? Like while we digested and, and launched them, we needed to say no to some other stuff that, that we could have done. But everybody was all in because they realized that we were, you know, taking a giant um, catapult forward in in what we were going to be capable of doing. Um, and and if you think about the guest again, the ultimate, if you could get to the relevancy, mm -hmm. where it's truly one to one, where you feel like um, I'm talking to you directly and listening to you, and I'm listening, right? I'm learning based on what you do. Um, you know. Uh, a lot of things that they were looking to do were things that were part of what we had originally dreamed of doing. And, you know, little things like um, early on, you know, we, we can ask all these custom questions in registration. We're like, why don't we ask dietary preference, mm -hmm. right? Why don't we ask? And then based on dietary preference, could you change the reward and even the registration reward? So if someone said, I'm low sugar, don't give them a donut, right? Mm -hmm. And that, that was one of those things that, that um, you had, we would have collaborative uh, sessions with Panera and they were blown away, like that we could do that type of thing, take instant information and instantly change it, right? Because it doesn't, I'm not talking to you or listening to you if I ask you a question that I immediately don't act on the information. <laughs> and that's more hurtful. Like if I told you I am, you know, diabetic, and next you put the donut in front of me, it's hurtful that you were not even listening. You ignored me. I love that. Yeah, like seriously, <laughs> like, that question was so important. You still gave me the donut. Yeah. No, so, so, so that part was fun. And, and, um, uh, but, but again, it gets back to what you were saying about, um, about vision and, and are you aligned with vision? You know, because sometimes you get someone and, and people go, oh, we're doing it because they're a big customer, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, we're doing it for the money, right? And, and um, or is it, we're doing it because they're aligned with where we always wanted to go anyway. And they're just going to help us get there faster. And, that, and, um, and it, it always helps if you can. Um, and sometimes you maneuver a customer to head that way, you know? Mm -hmm. You maneuver them toward the cool things that you always wanted to do. Um, and that's good for both of you. 
and just to prove a point that I'm actually listening, there were two <laughs> things that really hit home. One is you talked about the depth of vision where you showed me and rest of us listening is relevancy means you actually truly are listening to that person, listen and learn, and then immediately processing it into actions. I love that part. And the second part is the art of saying no. And this is the part where I would digress a little bit during COVID times, you know, for a small business like ours, things were bad. You know, most days zero would have been a great performance. Minuses were bad. My wife one day asked me by saying, why are you going after low-hanging fruit? And it just hit home mm -hmm. because many a time businesses, when we get desperate, we go after the things we should say no to. She even explained to me in layman's terms that if you eat the low-hanging fruit, you don't have appetite for anything else. And I just realized that at that moment is success doesn't come from low-hanging fruit just because it says in business books, there are times you need to resist the low-hanging fruit, say no to it, and go for the fruit on the higher branch. Of course, should not fall. But that, I think, was a great advice on both sides is say no, but also the depth, which is the individual listening and going beyond. Yeah. And I've, I also love, uh, you know, the, you're bringing up that, that uh, sometimes the simplest truths come back to you from your family. And I know you know, you're bringing up, your wife asked you just a, a really simple question. And sometimes only your family can do that. And I know you you have that relationship with your daughter too. That's that's just brilliant that, the you know, it's a simple question, right? Why are you going for low hanging fruit? And uh, it just stops you in your tracks, doesn't it? And absolutely. And with a family, you cannot BS your way by saying the three reasons I'm doing it. And you know, they look at you by saying, come on, you don't have to answer this question. That's okay. But I think you cannot fake it with family. And that's the reason those family moments are huge. Okay. So, you know, from vision, I want to take it to action. Because in the business world, a lot of companies do an amazing job pitching, promising. But at the end, Clients come back because of results and sustained long-term results, which can be repeated. So how do you take vision ideas to success where the rubber meets the road? What is your secret to making that happen over and over again at Patronix? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure I have a secret to it. And I, and I know I've made um, hundreds of mistakes for sure, along the way, the um, it, it really helps um, if, if you can be disciplined to say no, and uh, because focus, like you want to be great at something, you mm -hmm. need time, right? You need to, and you need focus, and to focus at some level, you have to say no to all sorts of ideas so that you can say yes to fewer things and and, and really be good. And I think the other is we, we always had an agile um, mindset and people talk about agile and software where you um, uh, talk about minimal viable product and, and work in sprints. And, and we really worked on a weekly basis. Like every week was, what are we going to do this week? Because you can't, if, if, if weeks go by and stuff doesn't get done, you never get the time back. 
Um, and, and that's the other secret. If you say no to stuff, the stuff you say yes to, the faster you do it, um, even if you fail, fail and throw it out and, and go for the next thing, um, the faster your company is successful. So now, you know, probably had a failing there because I think we probably were, you know, on brand promise, you don't want to lose the brand promise where you promise too much in vision mm -hmm. uh, and then you don't deliver. And that's really tough on clients and it's tough on the rest of the company because, you know, you said it would do this. And so we really tried to um, make sure that we only sold what we could really do. And that um, if we were going to expand out in a certain area, um, that the promise in that area was well understood. And, and we did only a few promises at a time. So we might promise a new area to, to a couple customers uh, to make sure you know, we succeeded in the next couple months and then um, digest that and offer it to all clients. How do you build a culture around this where every leader in the organization takes the onus and not get defensive when a client is at crisis? Yeah, um, wow. So you just need great people. I mean, at the end of the day, that can do that. Um, I would say, you know, we, we, so we hire the bright, curious, empathetic. That super helps, right? Um, because the, the empathetic person and curious person doesn't get defensive immediately. Because one of the things that's a killer is if you get defensive and say your fault. Because mm -hmm. if I say that, oh, wait a second, the, you know, the Zoom's at the wrong time, uh, Arjun. It wasn't in my count. You know, you did, you know, mountain time or something different. You're not going to work with me to solve the problem. Mm -hmm. So you can't get de defensive. And to not get defensive, you have to have the mindset and you also can't beat people up. So if you bring the news back, hey, this bad thing happened. If the first thing the rest of the company said, is it your fault? You know, like, um, did you make a mistake? Then that person never brings forward the problem. So you got to have that culture that you don't beat people up when you find bad news. Mm -hmm and that you don't get defensive and start pointing fingers. There's plenty of time to do that after the fact, uh, uh, to point fingers. And generally, um, what, you know, what, what Blaine was kind enough to say is, generally there's plenty of blame to go around, you know, that, that uh, we're all in, in something in this together and, and maybe there was a communication breakdown or a process breakdown or, or something that was tied to the problem. So Andrew, you talked about the success side. Is there, are there things as you all are implementing at a very rapid place, many a time creating solutions that have not been there culturally or process-wise that you try to avoid to keep everybody focused? Yeah, um, I think one thing that's interesting is attention between process and deadlines, which is a really interesting uh, problem. And that different people respond to different things. So um, sometimes we'll give a challenge. Like right now, uh, we have a really um, revolutionary thought. And, and we've been working so hard at taking 
you know, it's a buzzword, artificial intelligence or machine learning, but figuring out how to apply it um, so that it's really powerful and easy to use. So, you know, we talked relevance and, and this particular thing is day of week. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that, um, you know, as you know, marketers in, in the restaurant industry, they're kind of works on a, a calendar cadence. Um, oh, it, it's August. I should be doing a back to school, right? So people are going to be doing a back to school type promotion right now in May, June, moms, dads, and grads, things like that. Mm -hmm. So you have a great idea, but when should it go out? Mm -hmm. Like should it go out Thursday or Friday? And it turns out we can predict the best day of week for you. And uh, if I get your day right, if you're a Monday person, if we send it Monday versus Thursday, you're 52% per, more likely to act on it. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Like that much better by just picking the best day for you personally, and it gets back to relevancy. Mm -hmm. So um, we're, you know, putting this in, the, in, our, in our product right now. And on process, you don't want anything to go out that isn't, you know, well-tested, safe, and all those things. But you also, some, if you don't have deadlines, people don't strive, you know, work hard enough, have the focus, right? So if that's important, we should have more people work on it. And getting the tension right between, for a software company, process, do it well, high quality, no errors versus um, uh, deadline driven. And, and mm -hmm. there's a bit of a balance there um, so that people don't get the wrong message. And, 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 um, and you have to have um, you know, good people that can understand the two languages. Um, and, and you find that um, many people want the deadline challenge um, as long as you back it up by making sure they follow the process. You talked about technology. You are at the leading edge of where technology goes or is going. And a lot of businesses, small, medium, large, are looking at you and your team's decision, which paths to avoid or which paths to take. How do you take that responsibility and how do you make decisions on where to go, where not to go? Yeah, so, um, and, you know, that's an interesting, now you got me nervous, like um, all the responsibility we have for uh, the direction that people are going. We, we um, you know, at one level, the, the heroes of the story are the, the marketing, digital engagement, and IT teams in the restaurants that we work with, right? They're really the heroes because, at the end of the day, they, uh, they implement our tech in really creative, fun ways that are great for their brands. Mm -hmm. and, and, and we're always mindful of that, that, that we're powering uh, a tool set that lets them be the heroes, right? And, and, and that is um, really important. And then there's a, um, a balance from, from um, listening to customers and also projecting forward a vision. So, um, and we, we do this with um, our uh, user conference, which you, which you were kind enough to speak at. 
um, uh, twice for us. You you held a a, a session and you uh, presented on on um, having heart, uh, which was fantastic. So we use that as a mechanism, um, and also strategic business reviews. So we'll do top to tops with um, the leaders of different restaurant chains, and we have a balance between. Um, well, better. What's going well today? Where can we be better? What do you? Uh, what do we need to do you know, short term to make you happy? And here's our vision, right? And then sometimes they hear the vision and they yawn. You know, you gotta, uh, right? And uh, if you can read the room, you're like, whoa, hold, hold on a second. I think this is big. Like this is a billion dollar idea. And they go, and you, whatever they tell you, they could be priceless or. No one's ever going to do it because, you know, I remember someone saying, you know, no one's ever going to do that because it doesn't fit in the marketing calendar. Um, no one's going to ever do that because it won't show ops that that marketing is working. You know, we need times when they run out of cups where we do a fountain drink challenge. And they literally run out of cups because that's the only time they know marketing, you know, like move the needle. Right. Yeah. Yes. And, and so, um, and that's insightful. And then you go, oh, you know, tech, tech has to get adopted. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter how good an idea we have. If we can't make it so someone goes, ooh, that's really neat, but can I apply it? And so we get, we get that kind of feedback. Um, or it would be cool if, um, oh, could I also do like th those types of things and that, tells us that we're kind of heading in the right direction, but it always helps if we can throw forward. Like right now, uh, we're, AI is a huge thing for us and how to apply it. We're trying to really dumb it down to, you know, very specific areas mm -hmm. where you, you know, and we can show people the computer does it better than a human, human does. Um, and the other, you know, I'm really intrigued with voice and, um, and voice ordering and, and, um, working with Amazon Alexa and, you know, uh, ordering from your car. And so we'll talk about these ideas with people to make sure we're heading in the right direction, but it helps to have that to throw out where we're going because it's easier for people to edit than create, right? Like if I, if I say, here's an idea, edit it, boy, will I get great comments. If I say, where do you think we should be going? Um, suddenly no one can give me an answer. And you know, and what I love is the parallel between the end customer and the client experience. With the end customer, you started by talking about how it is very important to actually listen and learn. You're doing the same thing with your clients where you're actually doing a listen, learn, and a conversation. And the second is in the consumer side, we have a saying that consumers cannot tell you what to do, they can only react. And you put the same thing with clients too, is it's easy to edit an idea, not just clients, but within an organization, than to create. And I love the parallel because for you to be successful with the end customer, you also have to do the same with your clients. Love yeah. that. Yeah, so you know, go ahead, please. No, you got it. I mean, I think that's... Um... It, it um, and we have lots of painful lessons where, you know, we we forgot to 
to do the listening and, and uh, can you actually implement it? And, and then, you know, sometimes things were just too hard. Yeah. And one of the things also when you were talking about is simplifying. Recently, I was talking to uh, an amazing consultant working with one of the big brands. And she taught me this fascinating concept. She's at Arjun. Thinking big, big ideas are very important. But if you can't communicate in a simple way, it doesn't work. So I said, hey, you know, I've heard this before. Can you just tell me when I have arrived at a simple point? He said, when you feel underwhelmed. <laughs> I just love that. And she explained to me that you are coming with a lot of thinking. You've thought about this for two weeks. The other person is clueless about where you're going. So your communication has to be underwhelming to you, which means you have arrived. And I have written it down on a post-it note that going forward, Arjun will communicate in an underwhelming way. And that's success. I really loved. You know, that I love that. Um, right, it's gotta be underwhelming. I'll, I'll give you another one. Yes. Um, everybody wants to know what's new. Mm -hmm. We have over and over again, and I do this all the time. I will talk about what's new that I'm working on right now. Mm -hmm. The recipient, the person who asked the question, what's new? They want to know what's new for them. And it could be something we did five years ago, yeah. 10 years ago, but they don't know about it. It's totally relative to them, right? So I'm off talking about voice ordering or some nonsense. And really, I should tell them something that is so underwhelming in terms of the newness. Uh -huh. that it's new to them. And, you know, that's curated information at the right level. Um, give me something that's new. They, they, they really want to say, give me a new idea that can help me now. Right. Yeah. And I think that's a, a huge lesson for all of us listening to this is sometimes we get excited when a question like this thrown at us we feel it's like now let me impress the person with everything new and wow i'm working on but as you pointed out the question he or she is asking is not what is new and exciting you're working what is new thing what is the next new thing for me that will increase sales, do this, like there's a functional side, but the next new thing for me, and I really think this is a huge thing in the learning how to listen and answer from the point of view of the listener, then just answer. So love that. Thanks for sharing this. That was fascinating learning from Andrew Robbins. But wait, there is more conversation with Andrew Robbins coming up in part two of Secrets to Win Big with Arjun Sen in which Andrew shares how he builds teams, who are the leaders who have influenced him, and more importantly, how. And the part that I'm really excited about is what drives Andrew Robbins on a personal level. Excited about part two. You've been listening to Secrets to Win Big with Arjun Sen, founder and CEO of Zen Mango, top brand growth driver and a former Fortune 500 executive who has been called one of the most marketing intelligent minds in the business. To learn more, visit www.zenmango.com. 
Share this podcast with your friends and subscribe wherever you like to listen to podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.